And I'm Karen Wright. Joining me now, we have our good friend Barb Lampson via phone. She's a little bit under the weather. Good morning, Barb. Hey there, Karen. It's good to be with you. I'm, I'm enthusiastic because I'm looking at the webpage for Springwood Gardens, which is a, um, a nursery that has been hybridizing daylilies. And you know, since I've had this, I'll call it an infestation of slugs, on my hostas, my attention has been directed <laughs> to uh, these beautiful daylilies because they seem to be really hardy, and insects don't like to eat them, although they can have disease problems too, well, but hopefully not as much. Tell us about the Springwood Gardens. Where are they, and are they open to the public? Because I'm not familiar with them, Barb. Oh, Karen, you have to take your kids and go, because doesn't Grant want to hybridize daylilies? Yes, he in fact he has started doing some for his 4-H project started last year and we've got the seeds now that we're going to have to plant to start new plants from the the two uh, cross the cross that he made with a couple of varieties. You know, I can see a greenhouse in your future. There's no doubt about it with two people so actively gardening because really uh, uh, the owner of uh, Springwood Gardens is uh, Carol Emmerich, and she is, her uh, facility is located near Jordan, Minnesota, just off from Highway 169. It's, um, if you, you can go to her website, which would be a good idea because you can see some excellent pictures of new introductions and things. Let me give you that address so I don't forget. It's springwoodgarden at AOL. Dot com. Now that's her email, so that... Her that's her email, and oh. her website is uh, www.springwoodgardens.com. Yep, I see it, and it's a lot it, lot of it, uh, beautiful it, pictures. Uh, if you go to Springwood Gardens 2019, you'll see the new introductions that she's brought in this year. Wow. And also, she talks about, uh, if you want to get... She does a weekly newsletter. You can sign up for that for free. Isn't that a great idea? That'd be a great thing for Grant to be getting that. And for you, too, I signed up for it. The thing that you can do just by going to someone's um, webpage like this is you get so much information. And her pictures, like she says, if you've got a good monitor, they try to use they try to represent the actual color. And what she's done for 2019, she's been working with purple, the color purple and uh, ivory, and she likes that combination. She tries to specialize in tetraploids, which have the extra chromosomes. So they have uh, 46 chromosomes, and, or 44 versus 22. And it's she has a price list now <clears throat> here's the thing this <laughs> when it comes to buying these this isn't for amateurs no she, she has the prices of the new ones in there and hundred dollars i see barb for yeah. some of the i mean they're beautiful and i thought oh i want this one and then i thought 
ooh, $100. And sometimes when they're first introduced, they are a lot more. And then as they, yeah. they get more, they, they'll go down in price. But for this case, I think it's more for maybe somebody who's a collector. A grower. Yeah. And is going to sell them. And she says that the 29 introductions, you're not allowed to start uh, growing out and selling till after this season. Uh. But the one I'm looking at, look at Prayer Without Ceasing. It is $200. But Whoa. The- See, now I don't think that's the prettiest one. The prettiest one, I think, is down at the bottom. There's one called Written in Stone that's a lighter. Oh, my gosh. And she kind of goes for ruffles. I notice a lot of ruffled yeah. edges on them. But... Prayer, yeah. Pray without ceasing, um, you know, that's pretty, but I still think for $200, some of the others are prettier, but I don't know. I, uh, see, written in stone is uh, more anemic looking when you see it with this grouping. And I think of how I would use that in the garden. Mm. Now, maybe, uh, it, you know, from a distance that would show up more because it's those lighter colors so that the lavender on them shows up more right. i don't know maybe you know you would see less uh, uh of the other one but uh, here's the thing uh, she allows you to come and visit now uh two years ago we went with the wasika garden club it was just simply wonderful we had made arrangements to go there so it's not something that you can just drop in uh. because these display gardens that you visit that's where her home is also. And the home is just, um, it was built by a, um, a train baron. He, he uh, was developing the rail, putting in the railroads, and he had his workers there. He had house there, and it was really a fantastic place. And by the time she and her husband bought it, uh, only the house was left, and that was in... They did a lot of work, but the, the the styling and, like they say, the bones were there. It was structurally so sound. Just a gorgeous setting. But uh, how, how but, big is this place, Barb? How, I mean, does she have acres and acres? Or does yes, she does. Oh. As a, she does. She has, uh, I, I, I copied this down for you, and I don't see it now, hundreds of acres. Oh, and my. The, here's, here's the other thing that's important to us Minnesota gardeners, the plants that we buy, the closer they are to the location where we're living, the better chances we have. And she says, if you look on that same page, Spring Lake Gardens 2019, she talks about when they plant them out, they go into an area where um, they are exposed. They don't get any real special protection, mm. some, you know, snow cover. And uh, uh, th- she talks about all of these things and why they're so hardy and the size of the plant that you would be getting also. So, <clears throat> Karen, you and I and Grant need to start <laughs> our own special account and buy one plant together and grow it big and share it. <laughs> so so $200, we could split that and then and split yeah. the plant. I mean, some of them I'm looking back from years past. So go if you uh, love to look at beautiful things, go to springwoodgardens.com. I'm just looking at this as I'm talking with you, Barb, and they are just beautiful colors. And, and she seems yeah. like she's kind of specialized a lot in the ruffles, I noticed. She, she likes, she does like those ruffles. I like those ruffles because you yeah. know what? They remind me of my grandmother. She did this this crocheting with these really fine 
threads, and they were so delicate. So when you had patterns in that, and this whole edge that she does, that reminds me of these doilies that my grandmother made, and then she starched them. And whenever there was a milestone in your life, like if you got confirmed or something like that, you got a beautiful doily that probably took her just forever, and then it was already starched, and it, the edges stood up. It was it was just wonderful. And, and my mom said, you know, maybe you won't appreciate this now. But when you get older, you will. And, of course, she was right, absolutely right. And how often do you see people using doilies? But I bring mine out, and I put them um, when they were having a dinner party or something, using them with a tablecloth on a table, and I just think, that's so great. My grandmother would have loved this. She would have just, she would have loved these flowers. That would have been an inspiration for her to, to uh, do her doily work. Barb, so. have have they developed these and sell? And is there some common ones that are sold throughout other, you know, the United States? That I mean, I assume they get some royalty or something when they've got these patented flowers, or how or how do they, you know, make you know, a living? I, you know, um, I think just developing these new plants. Now this year alone, she put out. 3,500 new seedlings. My. Now, and, and she, um, she has these big greenhouses. So she's growing all, uh, Year all winter long. Ah. So she, she's not limited like we are to this three months or four months of growing things outside. So um, I think that she has the, um, you know, she has the clientele and the people that she's growing these for. And I'm sure growers, you know, they buy them, and and then the, the, I don't think they're patented. Oh, I, really? Okay. I, because she says, don't, uh, if you're if growers, she's got a special note in there. She doesn't want them getting them onto the market until after the 2019 season. Oh. So, uh, and then, you know, she also will, um, if she, the parentage of a plant, you know, she knows each one, and she will also tell you uh, the offspring, other offspring that are related to this plant. So if you like the way this grew or you like the size, and, and you know, the scapes on it, they're tall, and they don't blow over in the wind. Now, most of these, well, all day lilies, they last a matter of hours a day. Some of them last have a longer day, like you know, maybe they're going to be blooming, you know, 15 hours or 18 hours, whereas other ones are just open and closed in a matter of a few hours. So um, all of this information you get, which makes them, you know, so desirable. And I found when I was there, it didn't bother my asthma. They, oh. don't, they didn't have that strong, perfumey, sweet smell that some things have. And I always well, think that you think of the Easter lilies, that type of lily. And I can't. What what are they they called? They're not. Um, what they're not um, day lilies, are they? They're a different type of. Li- but they have such strong oh, smell yeah, that that right, really bothers right. a lot of people. I know. Uh, yeah, and you took the words right out of my mouth because that is that is exactly the one that I find to be the worst for me is that Easter lily that is so perfumey and and just offends my my asthma <laughs> so i have to stay away from that one but uh, you know i think if if you're thinking about putting something in you have to have space for this plant um lots of sun would be you know that would be the very best but i'm sure that they'll take 
um, reduced amounts of sun too as well. But you wouldn't want to grow some, try and grow something like this in the shade. This this is uh, like it wants lots of sun. And uh, yeah, you just won't get blooms if you put them in the shade. Uh, right. you'll, you'll mostly just have the the foliage, just the leaves. But I do want to say I like the ones that also are rebloomers or long time bloomers because there's many of these are. Because yeah, that's that's you. Know, I want to get more bang for my buck, and that they're going to last longer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I I agree with you. But here's the other thing: if you have a smaller yard and you think, well, you know, I don't have a bed that I can put several of these in. This could be a specimen plant. You could put this in your foundation border, mm. and it would look great because the the uh, leaves, the foliage on this plant are just they're they're almost like a shrub themselves. So <clears throat> you'd get you'd get that foliage, and it's very elegant looking because it's it's uh, grassy like but big and and it has movement to it, and uh, and then you would get the the spike coming up, and then on each one of these spikes, they are grown also for the number of blooms that they will produce, like eight or nine on per, a spike. Per spike, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so these, you know, like I say, going to a website like this, and you will learn so much about this plant. And, you know, maybe it's going to be a plant for your future. And I haven't gotten, I've ordered her catalog. But there's got to be some that don't start at $100. There's got to be some that... Oh, yeah. I was just looking at that. They've got them for sale. They've got some for $20, $25. I was looking, and there's a lot of them that are not available. Maybe they don't have enough or whatever. But, yeah. you know, there's there's. I see the range here is everywhere from 20 to, you know, a couple hundred dollars. There's yep. a whole list of all the... And I'm looking at it, and I think, I want that. I want that. I want that. And then I yeah. think, I don't have room for that. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. So... We'll have to we'll have to start small with this. Well, you know the other thing that I've been interested in this past week has been all this snow and the effect that that's had on my on my yard and on the shrubs and the trees and and the uh, different things that I've erected the pergolas in the yard and you know. Um, Winter requires some effort here, too, for the gardener. Do you know what I did yesterday for uh, over an hour? What? I was out, and I have my uh, spruce, and I have fir trees, you know, the, and evergreen trees. Yes. And they, the, their branches are so heavy laden with snow that they're going to crack. So I went out, and I gently shook them and I also the ones on the ground are all covered and what will happen as the snow melts they'll ice and they'll be um, ice to the to the ground and that will maybe kill them because you know they still need sunshine yep. so yep. I actually gently shook the the snow off and then I gently uh, kind of dug out the branches and shook those off and I'm trying to um, make them otherwise they're going to be misshapen or they're going to have broken branches including my yew I have a, a beautiful tall yew tree that has been covered almost completely and I can tell the branches that are covered with snow are kind of dragging down and and it was sure. full looking so if I don't do something either they're going to break or just you know yeah. kind of stick that way so it's important to get out and just be very gentle though when you do yeah. it so you don't break them yourself don't go banging around this right is <laughs> a gentle hand like many things it requires a gentle hand um also, uh, my pergolas that are covered with vines, so, you know, they filter light. The light comes through it. The, um, there are um, 
borders. Uh, the wood on the top is separated by five or six inches, so light filters through. And so you would think, well, snow is not going to collect up there, but it does because you've got all the the branches emanating off from the one root and going up. And and I have you know uh, a couple of feet of snow on top of pergolas, and they have to get cleaned off too. Although everything that we have uh, is built, stick built, and out of cedar, and they are sturdy, but still getting rid of that because I heard on the news forecast, the weather forecast, that we're going to get some, we could get some ice, uh, rain and ice, and that is a game changer when it comes to things. uh, It's heavy, and that's what breaks, really breaks branches off. It can weight down electrical wires and to say nothing about having to walk on it. So you might want to get after that, too. Uh, and and then my greenhouse, uh, it has come through several winters and never had a problem, and it didn't have a problem yet, but there was so much snow on the garage roof, which the greenhouse abuts, and so David was out, and he was raking snow off from the garage roof so it wouldn't start sliding and add even more. And the um, bank by the greenhouse is up to where the roof on the greenhouse starts curving. You know, you have a straight wall, and then it curves over, so you have that, the light can get in there. And, and so clean that out, too, because I know that... Uh, these greenhouses are built so that they can take a lot, but we don't know what else is coming besides what we've already got. <laughs> that's that's true. So yeah, and and I have uh, realized that you know I talked before about how I didn't get my uh, roses and things mulched, and I thought, well, right, they're pretty mulched now. I can't even see them. <laughs> that's, yes, that's right. But for heaven's sakes, if you have someone that has a snowblower, uh, don't let them uncover anything that's in the ground like that or any perennials oh. are so if you hire your snow to be moved because you've got so much be sure that nobody's scraping off all the snow where we've got these sleeping plants and shrubs that would be uh, that would be death for them because then they're exposed so then the other thing i was curious about is i have this one gerbera daisy that i brought in i used several of them last year in window boxes and I like the way they grow I like the fact that they they bloom profusely but they do take watering and you have to be around to do that and when I brought this gerbera in it really I I thought I had it early enough I took it out of a planter box and I put it into its own container and it just kind of stalled out and a few of the leaves died and I cut them back I had it in new soil, very lightweight soil, and you know what? I've been misting it, and now I have Gerbera daisies coming up from the bottom, (laughs) and I've got two blooms, so I'm going to be having Gerbera daisies, and they are Now, let me ask you this. Do you think they're seeding themselves then, so are they going to come out true, or will they not come out true to what the the, uh, original plant was Yeah, because I, I think that I mean, this was this was the original. The root is from the original plant, and and I, I, you know, 
so it's it's a continuation. It's probably uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about that. But it would be nice. It's always nice if you see some kind of variation starting. So uh, that's a, that's a great thing to have that happening. And then I talked about this before, but it's worth mentioning again. This new plant I bought that's a streptocarpus. Uh, today, just because I'm home and plant plants, you know, when I work with them, it's like being in the garden. It just fluffs up my spirit, and it's better than any kind of medicine, it seems. And so I measured the leaf on the original streptocarpus I had, which I didn't know what the name was. It was a plant that was given to me by one of our Waseca gardeners. And that plant, that leaf, is um, 13 inches long. Okay. On that old plant, the new plant, which is a streptocarpus, but obviously a different species, same genus, that, that the largest leaf on that is five inches. But let me tell you something. The blooms, the size of the bloom is the same on the, on the uh, big plant as it is on the small plant. So why would you want to have something that has all these long leaves and is more work? Why not get the the one with the smaller leaves, which has the same ha- growth habit? It gets flowers that make like a bouquet that stand out above the leaf. And that's what they do on the old plant, too, with the bigger leaves. But you get the same size flower. Now, isn't that amazing? Yes, it, it is amazing how plants are amazing just in general for me. Yeah. So, Yeah, yeah, they definitely are. And then, <clears throat> you know, I love ferns, and uh, I love to use them also in containers. And I brought one in, and I divided it, and now I have two. And yesterday that was in the bathtub, and I used the shower spray, and it got just a real healthy... Um, bath and a, a mist, and then you let it dry off there before you put it to get some more sunlight. And it doesn't need bright sunlight, indirect light is what that one takes. And uh, this is a wonderful time of the year to connect with your plants, to see if they're doing well, to assess them. You might need to make a list. Maybe they have done well and they need to be repotted going into a pot. And that would be something that would just be one size bigger. You know, sometimes we think, oh, this is such a big job. I don't want to do one size bigger because it grows so vigorously. Maybe you need to divide it and, and have more than one pot. So so think about that as well. Well, I have been perusing the, the catalogs, and I, uh, Jeff was, and I were looking at some different things, and I came across Estrantia, also known as Master Wart Barb. It's, it's a kind of a flower, yeah. and it, it does like shade, but in the description in this one, it said something that it repels slugs. So yeah. I saw that, and I thought, wow, wow. And I, do ha- I realized I do have one in my hosta garden, which, of course, is overrun with slugs, so I don't know that it necessarily help but maybe you have to have more but I mean what a great way if that is true and I don't know that it's scientifically proven by the University of Minnesota but it says something about the smell repels slugs so I think that's something I'm going to try but as we know unless it's been scientifically proven it's could be one of those things that's more of a a wives tale 
and it may work in one area and not in another area. Yeah. And I think it it, it depends on how intensely um, they're grown. You know this uh, Paul's Glory that I have up Hosta. close to Hosta. Yeah, it's a beautiful Hosta. Yeah, and you know that plant, um, uh, it, it, that is because it's isolated by itself. Um, I think slugs are really smart where they're going to live and eat because they want to be where they can just come out at night and go up in your plant and eat and eat and then go back down. They want to—they don't want to be traveling a long distance. So they seem to be avoiding that one. Now, I have... Um, or I there are some uh, there are some hostas that are more slug resistant too, Barbie. And usually, it's yeah. the ones with the thicker leaves. So that's yeah. another thing we can look for is ones that yeah. say slug resistant. And I've got some that definitely are not slug resistant. Yes, yes, and I do too. And it's like the whole the plant is grown for at least for me it's for the foliage. <laughs> and the flower is secondary, but when you get those holes that the slug's been, those jagged holes where the slug's been eating in that, they spoil the whole look. As a matter of fact, and I know you had this problem too, when you were going to take some leaves to the uh, county fair. I couldn't find a single one out of those hundreds of hosta plants that wasn't full of holes. Yeah, and I mean that, you're probably looking at maybe a thousand different leaves on all the hostas you've got. Oh, more than that, I'm sure, yeah. Sure, so they are... They, when you have them, when you have lots of them, you have a big, big problem. And we probably can't grow enough plants to make that much of a difference. I mean, it would help, I'm sure. There's no doubt about that. And it certainly is worth trying. But I think in a smaller bed, that might work for someone. So I think, you know what we always say, Karen? Diversification. That's what we need. We need to diversify. Right. The more variety we have in the garden, the, the better off we're going to be. And you know, Barb, I'll tell you what, the, the um, it's a difference where you're at, too, because in town I've got the slug problem, and I didn't really have that problem out at the lake house, which is, you know, only 14.2 miles away. So it just right. a lot of times depends on, you know, what's what's there. And I could have sure. brought some of those in in plants that I've uh, transplanted to my house here in Mankato, whereas I haven't really planted that many things. Well, I have now, but, you know, yeah, it hasn't yeah, time to build yeah. up. So some of those things you can be bringing in on uh, plants you're bringing from somewhere yeah. else. Yeah, from and from friends. People yep. give you things and you don't know. Yeah, yeah, it, it is absolutely true. I suppose what we should do before sharing a plant with someone is to make very sure that there's nothing that's visible, and then maybe it comes out of its soil and you wash the roots, and then the person plants it into their soil. That would be a much better way, you know, if you, if you were at all suspicious. And, yeah. of course, uh, when you go to a store, you know, it's fun to get a plant and bring it back to life. But if it had disease, you don't <laughs> want to introduce that, you yeah. know. Right. I tell you so, what, Barb, we are out of time, but I hope you feel better. I hope <clears> you, you're able to breathe better. And uh, in the meantime... Protect those plants from the uh, ravages of our winter. Yeah, and Karen, can I just give a shout-out to our friend Neil and Sandy? Sure. I want to thank them for the card that they sent me, which fluffed up my spirit and made me feel better. And um, that was great. For for those people who don't know, Barb's Barb's brother passed away this past weekend, and it was a sudden, uh, and so we we do think of you and send our condolences to you, Barb. Oh, 
thank you so much. And have a good weekend. Thank you very much. You uh, take care. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye.